HR Trends is a weekly podcast featuring interviews with leading experts in the field of human resources. Produced by Unum, HR Trends draws from the deep bench of subject matter experts at Unum, as well as industry partners and national HR thought leaders. This program is not intended to constitute legal advice, and it's for general educational purposes only. If you need legal advice on a particular situation, please contact your own attorney. Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin, and today we have two guests with us discussing practical advice for return to work safety. Uh, we have Ellen McCann once again from Unum. She's the Assistant Vice President Legal Counsel at Unum's Employment Law Group. We also have Jeff Novak, who's a shareholder at Littler Mendelssohn the world's largest employment practice representing employers. So good morning, Jeff and Ellen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, Ellen. Thanks so much for joining us. And Jeff, you are, of course, the author of the highly regarded FMLA Insights blog, which earned you entry into the ABA Journal's Blogger Hall of Fame. Um, you, you know, you're, you're really a great person to have on the show today, both of you, as we discuss advice for returning to work safely. So, Jeff, I wonder if you, we can begin. Can you tell us what are some of the key issues that employers are dealing with that you're hearing their concerns right now as the United States does start returning to the workplace? Sure, Claire. You know, the, the other than the the key question, you know, when can I open up my workplace again and get back to normal, get back on track? The most pressing question that my clients are asking me right now is what can I do to ensure that employees are returning safely to work? That's the question that they want answered. What can they do? What measures can they, uh, they put in place? What kind of questions can they ask their employees? And so, you know, at the top of my list um, is health assessments. It is a fairly easy, non-invasive way of having a conversation with your employee about their ability to return to work. So I'm asking questions like um, their exposure to COVID-19. Uh, do they have symptoms? Have they tested positive? Um, in terms of symptoms, I want to know, um, you know, fever, cough, difficulty breathing, uh, persistent loss of taste or smell. Uh, have they been in close proximity with someone or have they been caring for someone with symptoms of COVID-19 or who have been um, uh, diagnosed with COVID-19. Also questions about travel, and, and that will often give you a good idea of a snapshot in time right now, are they at risk for coming back to work? Um, and and uh, I want to ask these questions for the foreseeable future. Uh, if employers can do it daily, that's ideal, uh, but at a minimum, uh, before the employee comes back to work. So, you know, that's, that's at the, the top of my list because Again, it gives you an idea of what the employee is dealing with in terms of symptoms or positive tests. Can they generally safely return to work? Um, and if there is an issue, if, if there have been symptoms or a positive test, at least it invites a discussion with the employee um, about the parameters for returning to work and or, or whether they should continue working from home. That's such great advice. Ellen, I wonder if you have any thoughts or questions on that. 
No, I think Jeff is is right on in that advice. And I think it's a question that a lot of employers across the country are, are grappling with. And that is, what type of assessment do you do and, and how do you do it? And so I think there's other questions around how many employees do you invite back when you do? Are you doing those assessments before they get to the office or would you like to have those assessments done before they ever step foot on your property? So are you having employees maybe use an app or some type of computer-based questionnaire where they're answering some threshold questions, maybe taking their own temperatures at home, passing a pre-screen before they even come into contact potentially with other employees. Um, and then there are so many different ways to administer the tests once the employees do arrive on your premises. Um, for instance, do you have temperature tests at that point in time? Do you have the employee answer questions again once they're on site? What the process looks like may be different for employers. And, and one other thing that I think is, is a really important consideration is how can you do this in a way that most protects your employees' privacy? Uh, so is there a way to maybe stagger when your employees arrive at work so that everyone isn't standing in line six feet apart watching the first employee perhaps not be able to enter the building and then make whatever presumptions they may make about that employee. So really thinking through not only whether you test, but how you're going to actually have that completed once your employees arrive on site. These are such good points. It just shows the real complexity of what employees are having to do right now. I wonder if I could ask ask you both about that question of who comes back to the office and, and can employers deny at-risk employees? You know, what about the employees who are just uncomfortable and, and, and you know, find it very stressful uh, about coming back versus those perhaps with documented medical conditions? Jeff, I wonder what, what advice or, or best practices you're hearing about. Well, who comes back is driven first and foremost, usually by business demands um, and, and with a phased approach. So if, if I, I, I will, I'll need my, for instance, my salespeople back uh, before I might need my IT folks back because those, those IT folks can, can still work from home, but I may need people on site to perform the critical work. And so it's often gonna be driven by business demands, but naturally you're gonna have employees that um, are worried about coming back to work. They may be at risk. They may have an underlying medical condition. They may just be afraid of coming back. Um, and what employers have to remember is that this is, this is the first of its kind in our lifetime and hopefully the last, but there naturally are a whole bunch of fears of the unknown. Even the best scientists right now don't know exactly when we're going to return to some sense of normalcy. So you have to expect some apprehension from your employees. First of all, um, uh, accept that and engage in a discussion with the employee, no matter what line of the spectrum they're on. If they have a legitimate concern because they have a health condition or they have no health condition whatsoever and they just have a fear, um, it's important to engage them in all ways. If they have just a generalized fear about returning to work, it's important first and foremost to let them know what you've done to ensure that they're returning to a safe work environment. What are the risks or the lack of risks? Um, how have you cleaned the facility? 
it's ideal to, to share this with employees up front in your communication plan, but, um, but at least in that conversation where they're telling you they just are worried about coming to work. Um, what are the specific things that you've done to keep that, that workplace safe upon their return? If they raise a medical condition um, or their age, engage them in a discussion about um, the extent of what they need, what are they worried about, how you can address that concern. If it means uh, changing their work schedule, if it means changing where they actually work, the physical location of their work, so that they're away from, further away from others in the workplace, it, may be, it might give them the peace of mind they need. Um, as a last resort, you certainly want to consider additional leave because of that medical condition, um, but certainly engage them in a discussion before you, you keep them on any kind of extended leave. I love that sort of message you're bringing of this communication, like having these very strong channels of communication there. Um, Ellen, do you have any thoughts you would add to that? I think one of the things em employers are going to have to keep in mind as well is some of your concerns or your employees' concerns may be alleviated necessarily just by virtue of the fact that not every one of us is going to be able to go back into an office. Even though we are going back to work and in, in, you know, some states are opening up at a more rapid pace than others, social distancing is still required right now. So there are very few workplaces that will be back at 100% capacity and they won't be able to do that and still have social distancing. So I think there's a point at which an employer can be a little bit more um, flexible than it may have been in the past with work at home, simply because not everyone is going to be able to come back. And to Jeff's point, I think it really makes a difference letting your employees know what those expectations will be if they are selected to come back to the office, maybe even showing them by video what that office will look like. So there won't be as many chairs at the tables anymore. There won't be you know, a full elevator of people going up to the top floor because we won't be able to have those things in place. So showing employees what the work site may look like may help alleviate some of those fears. But we also will be in a place where people People may be allowed to stay home simply because of the logistics of not being able to bring everyone back because of social distancing. Thanks, Ellen. That's so helpful. And I wonder, looking at employees who are going back to a work site, uh, the question of face coverings is coming up a lot of uh, should you require them or, or not? If you do require them, what, what do you, you know, how do you communicate with the employees who refuse to wear face masks. Um, what about those employees who may be deaf and they, they you know, it's very difficult for them. They, they're not able to read lips. Um, I wonder if, Jeff, could you share any th thoughts you have around that issue? Well, as a default, first and foremost, I'm encouraging my clients to follow whatever the, the state or local, local requirements are. If your state is requiring the use of masks upon return to work, you should follow that guidance. Um, there is, from a practical standpoint and from a legal standpoint, it's important for you to follow those rules. It's also critical that we stop this virus, that we bring it to an end as soon as we can. Um, and it's clearly been established that masks help 
um, stop the spread of the virus. So I would use that as a default rule. Um, that said, there are going to be employees that don't want to wear their masks, that have legitimate concerns from a medical standpoint about wearing a mask. You pointed one out, deaf employees, for example. You may have employees with breathing conditions. Um, so it's, it's important to have that default rule, but as with any other um, requirement of this kind, that we be open to our employees who object to wearing them, who have concerns about wearing them, engaging them in a discussion about, first of all, why? Why do they not want to wear a mask or feel they don't need to wear a mask? Um, and, and engage them in a discussion about if there is a medical condition that's at issue, what can you do um, to, again, avoid having to wear the mask if that is the recommendation of the medical provider that they not be required to wear a mask? Are there um, other things that you can do? Can you change their schedule? Can you um, physically move them to an area where they're not going to have contact with others in, in close range? Um, but engage them in a, in a discussion about ultimately what you can do to help them perform their job. That's really helpful. I Thank you both so much. This whole conversation has been really helpful in just the clear communication you're suggesting and, and just that flexibility, Ellen, like you said, and Jeff, you've very much been talking about. If you were gonna leave our audience with just like a key uh, recommendation to keep in mind as they go through this process, what would that be? Well, uh, employers should be strategizing right now about what a return to work looks like. What are the business needs? What are the staff, what's the staffing to meet those needs in the short term and in the longer term? And then um, prepare a, uh, a plan for that return. Also prepare a communication plan with your employees. What does a return to work look like? Um, what are the expectations upon the return to work? And, and what is, what is once they're at work, what is work going to look like? So you want to focus in your communication plan on um, the, the spacing, the physical spacing of the workplace. What is that going to look like? Uh, what's required of the employees in terms of hand washing, masks, social distancing? You want to have a very clear communication plan with your employees upon the return to work. And then as you're working through these HR issues, um, as I mentioned earlier, patience is critical and inviting a discussion with employees and all of the, the requests that they may have, whether you might view them as legitimate or not, that you have a plan as to how you're going to address the questions that employees naturally are going to be asking upon their return to work. Um, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to wear this or keep at a distance here, there, and everywhere? Make sure that you are, that you have prepared responses to those situations that clearly are going to pop up. And what do you envision uh, being able to do about them? Um, because these are uh, common questions that employees are going to have when they actually have to return to the to the physical workspace. Well, thank you, Jeff, so much for taking the time to join us and Ellen also. Um, thank you 
both. Thank you to our listeners for subscribing and any, we will be including show description notes. So um, including some links over to Jeff's blog, um, as well as some other resources. So thank you both and have a great week. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.